Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 374. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor for 2018, Florist Review Magazine. I'm just delighted to serve as contributing editor for Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. It's the leading trade magazine in the floral industry and the only independent periodical for the retail, wholesale, and supplier market. Take advantage of the special subscription offer for members of the Slow Flowers community at deborahprinzing.com where you can also find the show notes for today's episode 374. I'm so excited today to share my recent conversation with floral artist Jill Redman of Forage Florals, which is based in Santa Ynez, California. Jill and I reconnected at the Flower Stock Gathering hosted by Holly Chapel last month, and she's been on my podcast guest wish list for quite a while. So we took full advantage of recording an episode in person. You're in for a treat. I originally met Jill in March of 2015 at the first official Field Tavais dinner held in a Santa Barbara orchid greenhouse. Margaret Lloyd of Margaret Joan Florals was the event's featured floral designer. She's a past guest of this podcast. And as it turned out, a number of Slow Flowers members and chapel designers volunteered to help Margaret create a gorgeous installation for more than 100 dinner guests. Jill's studio, Forage Florals, is located nearby Santa Barbara just north, as it turns out, and her presence at the installation was a fantastic addition to Margaret's design team, which also included Laura Kogan, formerly of Passion Flowers Design. Laura actually works with Jill at Forage Florals now, and Rebecca Raymond of Rebecca Raymond Floral. Jill has been a longtime Slow Flowers member and a practitioner of seasonal and local floral design. She says, I have always worked in various areas of creative visual expression, from interior space planning and design to metal smithing and jewelry fabrication. Art has been a common thread in how I operate, but it wasn't until four years ago that floral design serendipitously found its way into my life. I recall arriving home after my first photo shoot crying tears of joy. I'd found my calling. With no time to waste, I jumped in with two feet. I was learning as I went, and I found immense support and guidance through the Chapel Design Network. My business has been growing gracefully ever since, and I feel most incredibly blessed to have the support of my good friend and talented designer, Laura Kogan, with me every step of the way. I love that sentiment. So be sure to check out the show notes for episode 374 at com, where you'll enjoy images of Jill's designs, flowers, and installations, as well as find links to her social places. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I am so thrilled today to introduce my guest, Jill Redman of Forage Floral, and Jill's from Santa Ynez, California, and I'm so glad to be with you, Jill. Thank you. Me too. I'm so excited. I am. I just, this was 
kismet because yes. I, we're both at um, Flower Stock here in Virginia at Holly Chapel's Hope Farm. And mm-hmm. you said, hey, Deborah. And I looked at you and I'm like, what? You know, I have only met you in person once mm-hmm. and it was several years ago. And Four and, years ago. Yeah. So yeah. thanks thanks for, for bringing me up to speed. Thank and, you. Uh, as I often do, I'm like, uh, Jill, I have my recorder with me. <laughs> Will you be on the podcast? And I'm so glad. Jill, Jill's one of the early members of Slow Flowers. She's been super supportive of Slow Flowers, and I'm just it's it's been too long in coming that I that we connect and do this this interview. So thanks. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and by the way, you look beautiful because oh. you're wearing a gorgeous flower crown. <laughs> Maybe well, let's get a picture of ourselves. <laughs> okay, our yes. Tonight is the feast. So um, tell us about forage florals and like a snapshot of the business and also where Santa Inez is. Some people don't know where that Mm -hmm. is. Okay. Santa Inez is, um, Northern Santa Barbara County and the wine country. Um, uh, I operate my business out of a 2000 square foot barn. It's a beautiful old horse barn. So there are eight stalls and uh, it's on the Sunstone Winery property in the San Inez Valley. So there's a lot of weddings uh, going through there all year long. At Sunstone. At Sunstone. I'm not their only florist. Obviously, every vendor, I mean, every bride can mm-hmm. bring or groom can bring in their own florist. But right. I get to work on many weddings there and for all of their events because um, you're the on-site I'm on-site uh, yeah. tenant basically mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Um, so how did that come about um, it was very serendipitous mm-hmm. I moved to the valley um, six years ago and I was a jeweler I have a um, I had a small business of manufacturing wedding jewelry wow um, in, out of my home and it was mildly it was enough for me to get by it was Mm -hmm. not I was not mass producing but doing you know 500 to 800 pieces of the same thing at a time of pendants and then custom wedding jewelry which I loved but it was very isolated Mm -hmm. and um because you're kind of a solopreneur yeah and my sister partnered with me on that and I brought her into the business and she helped manufacture but then she and I moved apart and she moved to Oregon so it was just kind of yeah lonely and in my house and I just my kids were getting a little older and I was just ready to be around people again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I was invited to a party and I brought a flower arrangement um just as a gift as a gift of like Everything growing out of my yard. My husband is a California native uh, landscaper. Okay. So we have all kinds of whatever growing. Right. Um, Stuff that isn't typically used in floral design even. Not typically. Yeah. I, I try to use it every time mm. I work, but it's it's more of the foliage mm-hmm. or the texture. Mm-hmm. It's not really the flower. Blue. Yeah. Right. Um, but I brought, it had a hops hanging out of the side. It had a big old purple onion that I yanked out and I had the onion bowl paint out the side and it was just funky <laughs> and in Black a mason jar like I don't know what I'm doing I'm just bringing something to the party right. and I sat down it was um Alicia Hart's house okay. uh, the singer Pink uh-huh. and I didn't wow. even know I was going to her house it was just a very random thing and we were all sitting at this long table and the woman sitting across from me said we need a florist at our winery 
Wow. Um, we need that look that to have that in our in our brand. Would you be our florist? Oh like, my gosh. Um, I've never even made a bridal bouquet, but let's try it, you know? So slowly I kind of figured it out. So the person across from you at, okay, first is of all. Is the owner of Sunstone Winery. Okay, and you're at this famous singer's party, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I know of Pink, but mm-hmm. I didn't even know she had a real name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but somehow, what, a friend brought you to the party and you yeah. showed up with a hostess gift. I showed up with a hostess gift. I knew, I knew like an hour before that it was yeah. her house. I, yeah. You know, it's, she's trying really hard to be, you know, secluded here in the Santa Inez Valley. Yeah. Not, Low key. Yeah. So I, I knew once I was like an hour before we went. So, wow. um, but the woman across from me said, we want you as our florist. And I was like, okay. So then note to self, put a purple onion in every bouquet. Yeah, right? right? It was just a mess. I still have a picture of it. Cause it was like, wow, it's kind of this serendipitous. Oh, you moment. have to share it with us. Yeah. And share it with that. And then what you're really designing. Okay, yeah. Cause I'm like, oh, no, I would never do that. But, um, that's so neat. I worked really hard. I learned quickly. I, I had to jump right in because two weeks later I had a photo shoot with at Sunstone for um, Twigs and Honey. They had to um, bridal hair pieces and gowns. Oh my goodness! With Elizabeth Messina. Okay. So that was a big moment for me to like, hey girl, you better pull up your boots and like <laughs> figure this out, right? And this was like six years ago, or uh, four. Four. Oh my yeah. gosh. And who is Elizabeth Messina? She's a really well-known photographer in the industry. Um, Like one of Harper's Bazaar's best. Oh my Um, gosh. Just very, a celebrity photographer, gorgeous work. And I've loved that I've gotten to work with her since. But at that moment, it was like, oh girl, what are you going to do? Like, you've never made a bridal bouquet. And so I just started learning and practicing and trying and um, Laura Kogan, mm-hmm. another chapel designer who's been a friend for of my husband more than me, but for a long, long time, just kind of took me under her wing wow. and taught me whatever I needed to know. And I was just, I, I had booked all these weddings and I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. Is but it better I, in a way? Like you didn't, you didn't overthink any of it because you were just so, um, I don't know, wide-eyed and open and interested in everything. Yeah, and I wondered, I think I got a little bit of judgment, like, who's this girl coming in on the scene hot with no experience? And Mm -hmm. I definitely felt like I needed to be mindful of that Mm -hmm. and give respect where Mm -hmm. respect is due. And Mm -hmm. like Laura, for example, been in, uh, she's been in the business for 25 years. So it was just great, uh, grateful. And the chap, I think Holly Chapel with the, the mentality of, hey, we are here for each other mm-hmm. is really, I mean, I jumped on the, the chapel bus as soon as I found out about it because wow. you just learn. Well, you, you know? needed to find wedding and event designers who could share their sort of wisdom and experience with you mm-hmm. because also where you're, it sounds like where you're at, it is also just geographically isolating, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's not, you're an hour north of Santa Barbara? An hour north of Santa Barbara, and then where I live is about 15 minutes out of town, so I'm on a big ranch out there. So That's amazing. But having that relationship with a venue and a winery, Mm -hmm. um, you you mentioned to me before we turned on the recorder that uh, Sunstone isn't, like, you're not their exclusive florist, but you are 
sited there, your, your base there. So describe how that space works for you. Yeah, it, it behooves them to, per, to refer me because the flowers come really fresh right out of the cooler to the tables. Um, and I know the site so well that I could design it in my sleep, you know? Wow. So but, the, this barn with these eight stalls is one of the stalls to your cooler then? or your One of the room? stalls is the cooler, and then it's just <laughs> junk in one and vases in one. You know, yeah. just very, it's a beautiful barn. It's very photogenic. It's got a big white steer on the front, um, like a, a bust of a steer. Oh, wow. Big white open doors and long table down the middle. It's, it's a beautiful Wow. Beautiful, inspiring place to wow. work. And we have a garden, a cutting garden in the back that we've been working really hard on. So who's planting that? Myself and Laura. Laura, oh, wow. I've brought Laura on as my full-time um, partner. Laura I re- Laura Kogan um, and I met originally when, when um, I think she joined Slow Flowers from her former business. So she, I haven't mm-hmm. talked to her for a couple of years. Passion, she She's was also Passion, passion. Flowers Design. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is she just kind of freelancing now and she was freelancing last year okay and then I got really um selfish and I said I don't want to share you yeah um we work so incredibly well together we're best friends and Mm. I she's at the shop now you know and I don't have to worry about anything because she's so um on it you know she knows everything and and uh, our aesthetic seems to really meld to each other. It's funny because we laugh and she, it's like we, we have a telepathy. Yeah. You know, it's just a I great love that when you're that shorthand and you don't even have to, yeah, you don't have to even say what you need and mm-hmm. the other person kind of gets it. Yeah. Um, this is just gossipy, but the last time I saw Laura, she and her husband and my husband and I were all happened to be having vacations on oh, Kauai. on Kauai. And yeah. we figured it out through, through social media and we, invited ourselves to go visit Aww. a flower farm on Kauai and it was just really yes, a fun I adventure and it's just like the, this network that we're in where we can just plug into other flower crazy crazy flower people yeah. wherever we are I love it that it sure helps you know just to get that energy going yeah and, and and I don't think there are very many industries like the art world or jewelry mm. world where where I was in before right. that you have a network that can build you up and right. help and right. lend a hand or volunteer or share ideas. Usually I find that very, I find that very hard to access because right. people are working only for themselves maybe, or it's a little bit more cutthroat in ways. Well, your, your jewelry business, um, is also another creative field. So other creatives in, in wedding jewelry just were kind of, it is a very much like I've got a product You've got a product. We're both selling to the same clients, so we're thus we're competitors. Yeah, I wasn't marketing to the wedding industry with my jewelry. I was more into the gift and doing wedding work as custom. Oh, I see. Okay. So um, I was doing a lot of manufacturing of the same thing over and mm. over and over again for catalogs and wow. and stores and and so it just got a little monotonous and a little just just not inspired you know yet your fine art training or your jewelry Mm -hmm. design training has got to be influencing your floral design 
Yeah. Or your funny. confidence in that. I went from going, I don't want to do jewelry. It needs to last a lifetime, these wedding rings. And then I get into floral and I go, oh, well, it just has to last a night. But then <laughs> you have this gorgeous photography that's like, oh no, that bouquet actually lasts a, a lifetime. lifetime. So in a different way. It, it's... It's funny, but the conversation between floral, I think, I call it a conversation, like metal is hard, you have to push it so hard, push it so far, polish it, and flowers are so organic, and there's a different language, Mm -hmm. like, the the breathtaking beauty of that swirl in a dahlia or a ranunculus or something, it's just... um, I wasn't finding that anymore in metal, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's very inspiring. Um, when you're designing, though, do you use some of the same approaches, like uh, just your discipline and your planning and your your craftsmanship? I mean, some of that is has got to, in some obscure way, relate to how you how you design for your wedding clients. I think it does. I think that there's uh, um, attention to detail and. Uh, that always um your fine your fine motor skills you know that I could whip out those boutonnieres quick with my (laughs) tiny little finger skills right exactly exactly (laughs) even though I I mean I do love the um the boutonnieres even you know but what I find the most congruent is packaging so Mm. I really enjoyed the presentation of how to put out my jewelry right and so when it's a car a boxed boutonniere with the calligraphy I just try to make my end result always very special and wow. like jewelry like so, so walk, yeah so let's walk through like a typical wedding like how mm-hmm. would you um bring that client in and work with them and then realize their vision on you know with your your packaging and delivery of product like how do people come, what do they come to you for is it for the the wine country look or I don't really think I have a wine country look. I mm-hmm. feel like I don't even know what that is, by the way. I well, it's not rust. I don't feel like my work is rustic. Okay. I don't use mason jar, you know, like a country wedding feeling. I, like the, a barn wedding. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, it I doesn't see. feel that way to me. Um, I think uh, you know, there's that very desirable look that I feel lucky that I came in right on. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that a lot of, you know, veterans in the business went through all of these different styles. And I so they like in, had to unlearn formal. Yes. And right. I feel very lucky that I came in on this wild look because yeah. I am not a flower ball person. Right. Right. I, you, if you look, see me, you look at me, I'm definitely not tidy, you're, polished. You're I'm a little, I'm a scofflaw, I say. I'm like a little <laughs> bit, I don't like, I don't like to follow the rules. I'm a little bit messy, but, uh, you're a like, free spirit, free spirit. But the natives are a little wild. Everything just has a, uh, its own language, right? you know, and it's, I don't try to push it somewhere that it, if there's a curl in that stem, that curl needs to be seen. I right? emphasize, right. Yeah. So I think that's where people find, um, if they drawn. don't want that, yeah. they're not going to come to me. Okay. Right. Okay. And I put that out very clear on my my social media and, and in my your in your um, the images that you show on your website or in mm-hmm. your social media are reflect the kind of work you want to do. Yeah, and luckily I've been able to stop taking every job and 
and start taking the jobs that fit okay. so, my heart. <laughs> so a client comes to you, they've maybe chosen the venue, maybe it's um, Sunstone Winery. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you break it down for me? Like, do you do a vision board or do you... I love vision boards. Okay, some people I do don't. So. them sometimes. Okay. I feel like I've gotten to the place where I, I, when we approach each other, we talk on the phone, i got to get a sense, and then I give them kind of a ballpark price, and then if they say, sure, that sounds about right, then I go into the hard work of a proposal and a vision board. Once, because, once they're willing to give you a deposit. Yeah, because I feel like I've done some of those beautiful boards that take hours, and then it's just a recipe to take to the another florist. And and that has been a topic discussed here at Flower Stock mm-hmm. from some of the presenters as mm-hmm. well. I've learned my lesson the hard way a few times, I yeah. think, on that. I think we've all, we've yeah. all over-delivered and been under-compensated. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, you create a new policy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, I mean, every time I feel dinged, I write a new line on my, I, you know, my um, terms. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, how um, often, how early are people coming to you? Is it very competitive for venues so that there's just like a lot of, a lot of scrambling just to grab a winery or a ranch or, you know? It's competitive at Sunstone okay. because... Um, Santa Barbara County has changed their vacation rental um, policies. Oh. And so now wineries that have a rental, um, they only get 13 a year. For an event? Mm, for, for If they want to stay on the property oh, and have their wedding, they can only rent that villa out a certain amount oh, of times goodness. a year. So we're trying to fight it. But That's hard for It's taken venues. a hit for all the venues in the wine country. They're all wondering what to do. So that um, that I limit that that limitation means there can be weddings that just are for the day. Yeah, elopements um, are great. That's what you were saying. I did uh, more elopements this year in Santa Barbara County than I ever have. And is, is that? Do you think that's part of the reason? Is that uh-huh. there's just not a place to bring your whole wedding party and and stay? Yeah, and I also think it's a fad. I think it's part of the millennial culture mm-hmm. that they're realizing um, we can spend a lot of money on a look and flowers, which we love. Yes, and not have to pay for a giant tables rentals not every, invite you know, every like single one of our parents friends people yeah and so we get to make these create these really beautiful intimate ceremonies mm-hmm. with maybe a table of 20 people mm-hmm. so it just feels that we can take the time and make sure every detail is perfect and so I love elopements and then they have money left over for their honeymoon well and I can charge exactly what I need to charge, and sometimes when you get those giant weddings with eight bridesmaids, you have to kind of lose things here and there. Yep, so it's a compromise. So when it's an elopement, you really can focus on the best parts. And I really didn't understand that the term elopement had morphed from like the couple with one boutonniere and one bouquet at the courthouse to basically these mini weddings. Yeah, it uh, is. It's a new term to me too, but. Oh man, I'll take it. It sounds like it's more profitable. It is. It wow. is because you can set it up in three hours or four hours, sure. you know, and the bride is super relaxed. Right. And, 
There's and only... a bunch of hoo ha going on, yeah, you know. Yeah, interesting. Um, but we wh- still do full hoopas, you know. We yes. still do like ceremony and a big tablescape, but it's just so much more relaxed. Right, because the attendance is lower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. They well, just have to feed less people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm really interested in the fact that your husband is a landscape uh, landscaper using native plants because it sounds like um, that's a unique point of view for you to have mm-hmm. because your own garden mm-hmm. is something you draw from. So you've got your mm-hmm. own garden, you've got the cutting garden at the winery, and mm-hmm. then you're buying from other farmers. Do you yes. want to kind of talk about your sourcing um, yeah. range? Um, I use, I'm always cutting down my husband's plants. So he's always planting more. We better say his name so a, he feels it. Brady Redman, his business is Appiana Native Landscaping, and Appiana is a sage, a uh, white sage. Yes, thank you, Brady. Thank you, Brady. <laughs> um, but I have this little pin that a friend of mine gave me. It says plant killer on it. <laughs> because Great. it is. We she are is all, the plant killer. We are because yeah. we're cutting these things down. So he's um, planting them. I'm cutting them down. <laughs> and I use a lot of like coyote bush. Uh, manzanita is a great one. Mm. You know, uh, uh, buckwheats are everywhere mm. and always in every, whenever I can get them. I want a buckwheat. Is the buckwheat the white bloom? Or? There, are th- there are so many different oh, buckwheats. Okay. But as they age, they turn to like a dark rust color. And I even like them then. But wow. there's a bright pink one. There's what, well, there's one that's like four feet tall. And it has the, I call it the champagne bubbles. Because it, you can just stick it in and it's just this like beautiful little bubbly thing. Um, so those are always accents in all of my work. They go in last. Um, but the sages are always in there. Mugwort sometimes we mm, use, which is mm. great for poison oak when we're mm-hmm. foraging. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten poison oak yet. Wait, what do you mean mugwort is not poison? Not... It grows next to poison oh, oak. I see. But it's it, the antidote also oh, for poison oak. So it's a pretty cool plant. You are hard, You're like... The name of your company is Forage. Well, I mean, you're I really, in the wild. I know some people roll their eyes like, oh, this is such a millennial name or something, you know, but I really do. I mean, we we forage responsibly, mm-hmm. although there is, you know, some urban pruning that we do with the cotonous bush behind um, Burger King. <laughs> I have to give you that one. <laughs> Hey, does Burger King need that beautiful no, smoke and bush? Behind it. I'm like, okay, I gotta prune that. For I them. used to, I, I, I used to, I interviewed a woman once in, in Marin who was like, look, uh, some women have lipstick in their handbags. I have a pair of Falcos. I heard and that, that sounds like yes. you, right? Yes, Laura and I always have our trunk full of something. But um, aside from that, we buy from uh, Molly and Joe at Ballard Canyon Farms. Um, they I've always wanted to see their farm. Amazing people. Aren't they and like kind of off grid and Yeah. They live in a yurt. They have a generator and they have two beautiful babies and they deliver sometimes we just say, bring us a buck three buckets, five buckets, ten buckets, whatever. In the lo- pallet. Or yeah, just uh-huh. in the pallet and um that way. Or um we also buy from Grace Rose Farm in and she just moved up to our valley. Right. So she's on just one road over, so we've so got now you have roses. roses, and she started growing dahlias also. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we have that, and then Napomo is just up the way, 
Is that where Ocean's minutes. Uh, no, Napoma. Oh, Ocean View. Ocean, Ocean View. Ocean Flower View. Farm. Ocean yeah. View Flower Farm. Yeah, that's, that's in a big Lompoc. farm. Oh, Lompoc. And yeah. that's right up there. the road. Yeah. yeah. So for basics um, and like line flowers, yeah, like Ocean stock View. or something you could get. Yeah, they don't have the decorative stuff. Yeah. But I mean, they well, do, but it's more for fill. Can you buy from a, a big corporate farm like that? They do let oh, us. Okay. Uh, local Because you're local florists, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then Napomo has Skyline and Euphoria, which I'm oh, obsessed. Oh, and they got great roses. Their roses. That vanilla, uh, I'm going to give them away. It's my little secret rose. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, sorry, vanilla, you, you slipped it out. <laughs> the vanilla lace gem um no no gem vanilla lace rose is it's a spray rose and their heads are like a Clooney wow and they're they've got five buds wow. or more on each and it's only yeah it's and it's a price. more affordable rose going right, right to them because mm-hmm. you know floor abundance buys them that you know they'll re-wholesale them but right going but you're straight to them. but you're because you're in their backyard they're have maybe different policy than I think a they'll florist. sell to any florist. Yeah. I yeah. think they will. I think they'll ship to anyone. Yeah, but I see nice. them shipping out boxes. But you're seeing it in person, not I'm on a website. It in person, and they were yeah. so nice. They, I asked Chad, the owner guy. I don't yeah. know if he's the owner. He gave me one of every variety last year to so I could study it and, and trial it, trial it, mm-hmm. and see how each one grows or or ages and. It was such a fun process. That's so neat. Um, so I'm, I really love getting to know each of the growers really well. So you're not you're not even dependent on anything imported. It sounds like you're able to just get everything you need right, kind of in a 50 mile radius of where you live. Yeah, I really try. I really, really try. I do go to Floor Abundance and Mash um, if there's something that I can't yeah. find. Well, and they're great wholesalers. Yeah, and they and then I do say to them, "Can you stay as?" as domestic as possible mm-hmm. like uh, and most of the time I don't I try not to sell uh species I try to sell a color palette okay so so again that seems to be the way more and more kind of mindful progressive floral designers are interacting with their clients mm-hmm. so that they're not well there was a big discussion today at flower stock about lily of the valley like mm-hmm. an example of something that People get locked into, and then they have all these expectations, and potentially not able to source it. So mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like you put yourself in that situation. No, I've purchased Lily of the Valley, and it was thirty-seven dollars for this teeny little four-inch bunch, and they all pooped out within. I couldn't even use them. And you're probably so thinking of all the substitutes. Where did that even come from? Right, yeah. and all the substitutes you could have. Well, even like Manzanita, of, for mm-hmm. example. Manzanita has a little bell-shaped white flower. Yes, yeah. And it's just a little smaller, but yeah. it's... Some it's little... I'm thinking about even something like a little spring bulb flower, mm-hmm. like... A crocus or something. Yeah, or yeah. grape hyacinth, something. Yeah, exactly. But again, those are specific for a time of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like there is a lot of reference to the landscape of mm-hmm. Santa Ynez. So that is like a, a, a beautiful coastal valley. Mm-hmm. It's with, very dry right now. It, I'm sure it's very dry. It probably will start raining it in maybe this winter, and you'll get a little more we hope. greenery. Yeah. So you have to deal with a lot of climate issues then. 
we drought rather. drought i mean we're always looking at the hillsides for fire you know we, yeah. we were devastated in santa barbara county for fire last year yes um, was that wasn't close to you though was it no it wasn't but on the same days that it was burning down at the thomas fire we did have a fire up by our land um and luckily because of all the equipment in the sky of the planes were up so they caught it quickly. they doused it they doused how, it quickly how much property do you have uh, I live on a big ranch, 400 acres. What? It's not mine. Right. I'm lucky to live there. Right. Um, but it was my family's at one point and okay. we've sold it to a winery, Okay. but we got, um, you, res- we get you, to you live keep there. the house. Yeah. yeah. So your live. garden is, is your, what you grow for your own cutting is near, near the house. Yeah. We have 30 acres around our house and that my husband. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I know. And he grew, he plants all of that and then fights the gophers. And then up by my mother-in-law's house, so we have a kind of a compound. Mm-hmm. Um, she has the vegetable garden and where I plant things like um, scabiosa yeah. and things that little... won't, won't like inhibit the natives because I don't want to mix the two. Yeah. And my husband likes to keep the natives really clear. Sure. So, oh, I thought you were going to say like something fence that keeps the critters out of the vegetable garden. Oh, we have, uh, yeah, there is a fence around. Yeah. It, and there's apples and pears and peaches and everything. So it's all the vegetable garden up there by my mother-in-law's house. And that's then so the natives neat. down by ours. Oh, that's so neat. Um, I'm really interested in um, what you do in the off season. Because you, mm-hmm. were, you were talking to me before we turned on the recorder that you, you don't really stop. You, you just have to shift your services your design mm-hmm. services and creative services mm-hmm. toward the holidays and you know fall holidays and winter holidays so is that yeah. is that really become a big part of your business yeah I, I try to make it yeah. I, I, you know there is that time at the end of November where I'm just tired and I don't want to do anything but then I know Christmas is coming and I've got to you know so we do we do decorate homes um and wineries, uh, definitely Sunstone. I decked the halls oh, there from very end of right after Thanksgiving all the way through New Year's. And so they then, do events that aren't weddings as well. Oh yeah, there's okay. a lot of corporate events. I do all the corporate events and um, and like um, luncheons and meals, private yeah. yeah stuff that's not weddings. Yeah, you know? but their their winery events like they just had a stomp event, which their club members come. Have oh. a good day oh. of making wine or learning about wine. Oh, so we fun. do all the floral for those kinds of events. Um, but on the off season, we try to do wreaths, um, garlands, decorate people's homes, and also have some workshops. You yeah, know, we I was really want to do. That. We we really want to do a solstice workshop this year. Um, we we did a really cool smudge stick making workshop in. Well, at the Equinox, and we did big, gigantic sage bundles with all the natives and and then Herbs. crystals and like everyone. <laughs> we made this big mandala on the ground with the flowers. Like, we look, smudged each other. We're hippies, like, so yeah. we're gonna just I mean, let's bring just it. Do it. So we did that. So we'd like to do something like that again. Kind of make it into a solstice festival. Yeah, have a fire and just. Um, warm each other for the the coming sun season. I love that. So we're going to try and make that happen. It's always hard because it's really close to Christmas, but... Oh, so winter solstice. Yeah. yeah. So that'll that'll be coming up. Actually, so. that'll be wonderful. 
Yeah. Um, and then you take a little bit of a break and just jump right back into wedding season next year. March oh. is usually when the first wedding start, but we do all the, um, the Sunstone has a big event every February. So we, it's their release of their next year's, the, the previous year's wine. So we, that's at like Valentine's Day mm-hmm. event. So that kind of kicks off our season. Mm-hmm. We've done it the last four years. We know what to expect. It, the theme kind of changes every year, but it's the whole winery. The winery, the villa, everywhere is just decorated with love. And so very wow. colorful and very spring. And so in, in that time of year, you're getting blooming plants uh, in the... I mean, I know you said there's winter in Santa Inez Valley. Yeah, it does get a hard freeze. Yeah. So so at that point, we end up buying our flowers from Molly and yeah. Joe mm-hmm. or Skyline. But we cut from our garden. We have such beautiful roses and... So we cut as much as we That's possibly so can. Oh my god! It feels really good. Well, I want I want to come visit you. Are you going to start doing that. workshops that people can? I I would come love visit? to do a workshop. Um, I'm talking to Holly about trying to get chapels over to California at my barn. Oh my and gosh, that'd be so Sunstone. exciting! Wow. And also, I love Stephen's idea from um, Sinclair and more. Sinclair yeah. and more about. Um, giving away mm-hmm. the the wedding florals mm-hmm. like that just inspires me so much. So we that's another topic of another uh, podcast. I yes. Think. <laughs> so yeah, I think we're gonna try and do stuff like that in the future. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, anything else you want to uh, share before we go have dinner? <laughs> Ooh, dinner. Um, this has been really fun. Thank you. I know it's been really fun, and I've just loved uh, connecting with you. Me and, too. Your story is so inspiring. Thanks. It's just like you are creative. You live a creative life, and maybe you think you have this charted path, and then you take a side turn, Mm -hmm. and yet it's somehow all connected. And I feel like I've had that same path, and so I love hearing that it's a bit of a universal theme for those of us who pursue creative lives. I think if you pay attention... It'll come to you. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember that first photo shoot. I came home bawling my eyes out, out of pure gratitude. And, like, it found me. Yes. It found me. Yes. I knew it was in there somewhere, and this jewelry was there, but this was my calling. And It felt it, right. It, yeah, it just felt right. That's so neat. Jill, thanks so much. Will you Thank share you. some photos? I will. I'll okay. share this and maybe that <laughs> onion arrange. Yeah, and then maybe what you're doing now. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thanks so much. We'll Thank make sure we you. have uh, photos of Jill and her flowers and her events uh, at the show notes mm-hmm. for today's episode at DebraPrinzing.com. So thank you so much. Thank you.
Thanks so much for joining me today. Two comments that Jill made really resonated with me. First, she says we have to, quote, pay attention and be open to opportunities as we listen to our hearts. The second, which I love, is her declaration that flowers found her. I feel the same way, actually. I think a love of flowers was staring me in the face for far too long before I stepped into this world. I take great inspiration from Jill's personal narrative about her life with flowers. Please come back next week where you'll hear another amazing episode featuring the leading voices of our Slow Flowers community. I want to encourage you to visit the Slow Flowers Summit site at slowflowerssummit.com. To learn more about the amazing program, People and Flowers, you'll engage with next summer on July 1st and 2nd in St. Paul, Minnesota at the Slow Flowers Summit. It's not too early to save the date and secure your seat. Slow Flowers members receive special discount pricing and everyone receives $100 off with the early bird rate on sale now. We have a vital and vibrant community of flower farmers and floral designers who together define the Slow Flowers movement. As our cause gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and I invite you to show your thanks with a donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 378,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. And you'll be happy to know we wrapped up the month of October with our highest listenership ever, more than 11,400 downloads in a single month. Thank you all. Thank you to our sponsors who are supporting the Slow Flowers podcast, including Arctic Alaska Peonies, a cooperative of passionate family farms in the heart of Alaska, providing bigger, better peony flowers during the months of July and August. Visit them today at arcticalaskapeonies.com. The Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliages, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Find them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Longfield Gardens provides home gardeners with high-quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Visit them at longfield-gardens.com. Syndicate Sales, an American manufacturer of vases and accessories for the professional florist. Look for the American flag icon to find Syndicate's USA-made products and join the Syndicate Stars loyalty program at syndicatesales.com. Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds, supplied to farms large and small, and even backyard cutting gardens like mine. Check them out at johnnysseeds.com. The Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers, formed in 1988, ASCFG was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality floral material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. Learn more at ASCFG.org. Mayesh Wholesale Florist, family-owned since 1978, Mayesh is the premier wedding and event supplier in the U.S., and we're thrilled to partner with Mayesh to promote local and domestic flowers. 
which they source from farms large and small around the U.S. Learn more at mayesh.com. Certified American Grown Flowers. The Certified American Grown Program and Label provide a guarantee for designers and consumers on the source of their flowers. Take pride in your flowers and buy with confidence. Ask for Certified American Grown Flowers. To learn more, visit americangrownflowers.org. And the Team Flower Conference, a professional floral event where flower lovers from all over the world gather for networking, learning, and celebration. It's a special time for the floral industry to come together. And whether you're a farmer, designer, wholesaler, or just love flowers, you're invited to attend as Team Flowers dreams big for the industry's future. Head to teamflower.org slash slowflowers to learn more about the 2019 conference in Waco, Texas. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging on to iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast, sponsor, or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. Mm-hmm.